This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com, of course, powered by The Race Talk. Speaking of The Race Talk, Dale Rogers to join us shortly. Can have a chat to him about what's been happening in the world of supercars and F1 and also Dale will join me in an interview where we catch up with uh, TCR boss Matt Braid and talk about that new category starting this weekend at City Motorsport Park at the Shannons Nationals. In fact, let's get on to that right now. So joining us on the line from theracetalk.com, Dale Rogers. G'day, Dale. Tony, how are you, Dan? Mate, I am fantastic. And also joining us on the line is a man that, uh, well... A little bit anxious, I would have thought, heading into probably what's going to be a massive weekend for his company, who uh, promote uh, TCR racing here in Australia, and that is Matt Braid. G'day, Matt. How are you? Hi, Tony. How are you? G'day, Dale. How are you? Good. Thanks, Matt. Oh, I'm excellent. Thank you, mate. Am I right? Are you a little bit anxious and nervous about the uh, the first weekend? Uh, it's race week, so we're always a bit like this, to be honest. So uh, nothing new uh, for those of us who've been in the industry. But yeah, of course, being something new, something fresh, a uh, completely new category, yes, there's a little bit of apprehension and bit of tension, but really looking forward to showcasing TCR to uh, the Australian public on the weekend. Matt, another announcement today, and it looks like you're going to go with a 16-car grid at a minimum, possibly 17 if the other Melbourne performance uh, box rating comes through. What I'm very impressed with, though, is the quality of drivers uh, that you've actually been able, the teams have yeah. been able to assemble in here, and you've got three female drivers in the field, so there's a lot a lot going on there. Yeah, it's, it's been really great, Dale. I think... Um, we're always hoping to have a good quality field of, of teams and drivers, and uh, thankfully that, that's materialised, uh, and to be quite frank, even better than what we expected in some, some quarters. Um, having some very good uh, teams with pedigree and obviously some supercar teams enter, that attracts by nature uh, quality of drivers looking for the right teams and cars, and that's been very successful. And to have three female drivers, all very credible, uh, and, and top-performing drivers in their own right uh, in the series is, is really impressive. So, again, we're really looking forward just to demonstrating the series and obviously what those drivers and teams can can present uh, in motorsport terms to the fans. And congratulations to you and your PR team in the way that uh, the announcements have sort of fallen and have been spread out in regards to their releases. It's really kept uh, TCR at the top of mind for the last four or five weeks with nearly an announcement every day. Yeah, it has been partly by design and partly by circumstance. So can't uh, we, our team can't take full credit for it, but it's the way it's mapped out. And I think it's been, you know, as as news started to come to hand and things were building, we knew that it would it would probably uh, there'd be a few meaty announcements uh, in the wings prior to to race week or the first round. So it's actually worked out well. We've held some back and really consciously trying to build the tension, build the momentum, and the you know and the and the vibe for for round one or race one. So. Yeah, it's, it's worked out extremely well for us. Matt, uh, just stepping back a little bit, uh, the group that you're now involved with has, has taken on two pretty massive projects in its infancy, obviously uh, TCR, which comes to fruition this weekend, but also S5000. Uh, and obviously the guys behind that business as well, being um, Brian Boyd and John McMillan, are, are very passionate about this. Can you just give us a heads up on where that formula is sitting at the moment? Yes, S5000. That's obviously at the moment, uh, that's all in build. So Gary Rogers Motorsport have come on board as our technical partner. 
which is obviously they're going to focus on building the 14 cars, the 14 initial chassis, which we hope to expand um, from from year two onwards, um, and literally taking the prototype to production form in in those 14 to have those 14 cars. That has taken a little bit longer than expected, and certainly some some delays in materials and so forth out of various uh, various markets. But uh, you know, we're looking forward to uh, demonstrating the car, so we'll see further demonstrations at upcoming Shannon's rounds, and uh, and then obviously racing. Uh, completely and getting underway later in the year. Matt, it's always been... interesting to, Sorry, to Dave, follow the social media, the, the scuffle, and obviously the, in the world we live in now, it's it's immediate and everybody's a journalist. But uh, I, I've felt the sort of the mood turn a little bit from TCR that uh, as you've been, may have been able to make announcements, as the teams have been able to put drivers to the cars and, and a great mix of, of brands as well. Um, but one of the things that stood out in my mind Matt has been that this, there's been a bit of a, a fascination about this uh, this category wanting to align itself with the supercar calendar, and even Nick Ryan, the, the commercial general manager of Kelly Racing, has expressed interest in that. To me, that seems a strange move. What, what would be the thinking of that, uh, either medium or long term? It's, it's a good question, Dale. So, from initially, when we obviously commenced uh, negotiations with TCR, and obviously we gained the promotion rights for Australia, we did look at at the Supercars platform and, and being part of the Supercars platform. And it's a, it's a great event platform. You know, it's it's very well supported both in attendance and broadcast and obviously the fans know where it is and, and, and to attend. So it's an obvious destination to, to run a motorsport category. Um, you know, through circumstance, through some discussions, obviously it became clear the time frame that we were operating on wasn't going to suit that. Um, so it became clear to us that Shannon's, uh, the Shannon's National Series and obviously in, in partnership with CAMS made sense for us to start. And in hindsight, actually, many of the, uh, the drivers and teams that you'd see participate now in TCR, wouldn't, that would not have been possible if we'd actually been on the supercars calendar. So, you know, never say never. The future, you know, the future is the future and we'll sort of cross that bridge where it comes to as, as the series moves forward. But I think certainly for 2019, the ability for the series to run on the Shannon's Nationals program has actually been a, a, uh, allowed us to format the category, structure the category, how we best made it a bit more attractive to teams that otherwise might have been caught up uh, participating on the, on the supercars calendar and platform. Was it a no-brainer for you, Matt, uh, to acquire the rights to TCR and move it forward? Did you have much exposure to the category before the rights became available in Australia? Yeah, look, as a, as a motorsport fan, obviously you're always watching what's happening around the world, and TCR was certainly on the on the on the radar for us as a, you know watching a category that was growing. It's a, it's the fastest growing motorsport category in the world currently, uh, and when it when it was announced and and uh, we we were aware that CAMS were discussing the rights for it and negotiating negotiating initially for Australia. So when it became apparent that was going to be an option for us, then yes, we jumped at it and. and uh, we saw it being a perfect fit for what uh, what the ARG you know, business strategy was when we when we commenced the commenced the entity. Just on what Dale was mentioning before in regards to uh, you appearing on supercars category, a lot of the, the commentary that has been from the fans out there has been based around TCR being a competitor to supercars. Is that how you guys see it internally or are you just seeing it as just another category in Australia that can fit in perfectly and we can always live with more than one category? Yeah, no, we, we've never seen it as a competitor against supercars, to be, to be quite frank. And, and 
Uh, that's, that's not been our position at all. We think that the, by the, the product is distinctly different. You know, supercars is the pinnacle touring car class in Australia. TCR uh, isn't and probably won't be, uh, to be quite honest. But it presents something different. It's production-based cars, very market-relevant in the types of cars and brands that are currently running in TCR and available in TCR. And it's a, it's a very different uh, technical product, very different style of racing, and equally can attract a different fan base within and without, sorry, within and also outside of motorsport. So, in that regard, I, I, you know, I do, and we believe it's very different to very different to supercars and not a direct competitor at all. Matt, the format's been released, and, and you have put together a, a, a fantastic um, free-to-air television package. So, a 30-minute race Saturday and two 30-minute Sundays race. So, a very much sprint racing format. Can we expect anything in the TV package that's uh, that is a bit innovative, or is it sort of a get it going and see how we move ahead uh, process? Yeah, look, it, it, it's a good it's a good point. I think we have consciously tried to make uh, TCR different as much as we can to make it a lot more digestible to racing fans and what maybe some other categories do. And I think we we see that there is a there's a fan base here that wants to get its motorsport content wants to digest it pretty quickly in, in, in condensed form, uh, exciting form, and then obviously, you know, with the ability for, for sports fans, and I can say myself, I don't, I don't have the time, unfortunately, to sit down and watch eight hours of motorsport on Saturday and Sunday as much as I'd like to. So by having an hour on Saturday, two hours on Sunday, purely focused on TCR, we think it's a really good package. And with the formats, the innovative thing, it's not, I wouldn't say it's innovative, but what we are doing differently is... Between race two and race three, uh, there's going to be a very short time period, and we're bringing the the cars will remain actually out in pit lane at 45 degrees in front of their pit, and the teams will actually work on the cars in a 20 minute period between races, and so it's really bringing the teams, the mechanics, and obviously the action around the drivers, the car, what's going to happen to prepare the car for race three, into you know into the broadcast, and that's something which uh, which I don't think has been it's certainly has been done elsewhere, but not in the degree that the, the teams in that 20-minute window actually are part of the race event uh, in a very structured way. They have to perform and have to get the cars turned around really quickly to make uh, to make the race restart. The quality of uh, teams that have actually jumped on board here, Matt, you must also be very pleased with. I mean, two major supercar teams fielding four cars each, and that's not to take anything away from all racing, Jason Bright's team, which will run through Matty Stone, the HMO team. So the quality of teams... Uh, is really, really very strong. You haven't got any spill startups, uh, so that must be pleasing. And the fact that you've got supercar teams jumping on board and committing must must also be pleasing too. It is, and it's, we believe it's a good endorsement of the category. And you know, those teams that are involved see the benefit, and they you know they they are, they are proper motor racing businesses. Uh, they've got you know, very good infrastructure. They are looking at expanding their business um, and expanding their businesses and looking at other categories and not, not to replace anything, but I think just looking at, okay, how do, where do we go from here? How do we, how do we move forward and look at other categories? And TCR has been very attractive to them in that regard. So yes, we're uh, on board, but also uh, it's, TCR is not a category that should scare off smaller teams, given that there's actually some high, higher profile teams that are entering because by nature of the regulations and the balance of performance and the cost, it's, there's no, and there's no real advantage so teams, you know, teams aren't going to get outspent on developing a car because it's just not feasible given the rules and regulations of TCR. Mm. So the beauty of the series, uh, which we've seen elsewhere in the world, is that you can have some very professional, high-profile teams 
and some more junior teams or, or mid-level teams compete and compete very favourably against each other in the series, which is a positive for us. Mm. So, Matt, we've got a, a grid starting up this weekend. Uh, in, a, in a perfect world, as you look into a crystal ball down the future for a couple of years, what do you see TCR being a, a, in a perfect scenario? Is it a 25-car grid? Is it more manufacturers? Uh, where, where does it go from here in the next uh, year or two? I think for us guys, it's really getting started this year in 2019, learning what, what the series is, showing showcasing the series to as many people as we can and getting the core core aspects of it right. 2020, you'd like to think, would expand. The interest is certainly there. The phone hasn't stopped ringing uh, since we announced and it continues every day. There's more and more interest that we're getting from feeling from drivers and teams looking to enter the series. So our view would be if we start with 16, but probably 17 we anticipate this weekend, uh, I'd like to think that you can probably see another two or three potentially cars join before year's end to, to try a couple of races. And ideally, sort of 20-something uh, in, in 2020 as a starting grid would be perfect. Um, and that's, that's what we'd like to see. And maybe one or two more brands uh, into the series. But for us, that's one aspect which we've seen and uh, it's been a really good result for us is that uh, having eight brands represented in the first round puts us basically... Or makes us the best debut TCR series in the world for brand representation. So that's a, that's a pleasing result for us, and that's more than what we expected. So realistically, you know, the scope to go beyond that is probably one, two, three more brands, and I'd say that'd be uh, that'd be possible in 2020 with a larger grid, and we'd be happy with that. Is there an opportunity in the business model that you guys have for TCR to promote yourself? Is there an opportunity to maybe? break off from Shannon's in a year or two or, or and actually put your own promotion together or even maybe run Shannon's off cans or something and uh, become your own promotion. Is that part of a business model? No, it's not not at this stage. And again, I, I don't, I'm not a person to say, say never, but uh, you know, by nature, Australian Racing Group is a category management company, not an event management company. So for us, it's about actually putting the resources uh, and putting professionalism into, into running you know, multiple categories, obviously with TCR and S5000 uh, as a starting point. Uh, and then uh, you know, basically offering our category services to place on event platforms. But uh, yeah, running running events is not something which uh, we're, we're currently looking at doing. And uh, we're partnering with CAMS on, uh, with TCR on Shannon's, and that's, that's so far off to a really good start. We're looking forward to that. And then let's see what happens in the future with uh, with other racing platforms and event platforms around the country. Yeah. But at this stage, at this stage, no plans to look at running our own events. Well, looking forward to it, um, Matt. I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, start. I think the TV package it looks good, and uh, I think everyone, every racing fan in Australia, will be watching this weekend just to see how this goes. So I think uh, we wish you well. It's, it's uh, very exciting times. Uh, thanks, guys. Really appreciate the the feedback we've got from fans already is really positive. We do hope everyone tunes in as as they say, either attending the race or watching it on SBS. And uh, we look forward to putting on a good show and and you know, giving the fans what they deserve from a racing product. So that's uh, that's our focus for the weekend, and we hope it's a good result for everybody. That was Matt Bray joining us talking about the uh, new category TCR kicking off this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, part of the Shannon's Nationals. Jeez, he, he sounded excited, and uh, so he should. It's a sound. It's, it's going to be a good category, I reckon, Dale. Yeah, I, I think the uh, you know there's been a lot of hype about it. I think, as you mentioned during the interview, that uh, the amount of information they've been able to put out over a short time, these things tend to bubble up quickly. But 
quality of the drivers, Tony, is is, at, is really first class. And they've got a great mix of drivers. A couple of good young guys in there, a couple of seasoned professionals, a couple of, a couple of co-drivers obviously getting lots and lots of miles up for supercars. So uh, I think any motor racing fan would really be, uh, be, be keen to watch this. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know, I know there's a bit of crash and dash in Europe because you've got uh, guys with big budgets and things, but uh, these cars run very close together. They're, I think the, the way that they perform will be will be good, and uh, it's a healthy little field to, to kick that kick off. So yeah, good. Well, it gets the tick, I think. Should also mention too, if you haven't seen uh, in the the headlines that uh, Alex Davison has been announced the uh, driver standards. Uh, yeah. advisor. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? I mean, yeah. he, he's uh, he's come from obviously through Porsche, through some of that very not not single category racing, but he he understands this form of racing very well. I would think, and I think that's a very sensible man to have up in the uh, in the box. So yeah, good on him. He's good luck. Speed Cafe have run uh, with a story today. A pride on the line helped drive T eight to bounce back. Nothing was ever more certain, was it, that Triple uh, Eight were going to bounce back from the dismal start that they had to their supercar season? I suppose the question now is, can they sustain it? Yes, Tony, I, I totally agree with you. There was one of the things, and we've just done an interview with Jamie Winkup on the racetalk.com, and one of the things that, that I think the team is is so good at is when things don't go their way, their bounce-back ability is better than anyone in the pit line. They do not sit down for too long. They find ways to get it back. They motivate themselves. We said last week that Jamie and Roland had a bit of a dig at each other after Phillip Island. Jamie's performance in Perth was outstanding. Um, but, you know, There's no reason why they won't, won't run well at Winton. It's oftentimes the Queensland teams come down to our little Victorian track and belt the Victorian teams around the years. So, uh, uh, look, there's no way that... Uh, Given the equipment they've got, given the skills that they've got, and given the passion they've got, they will be doing everything they can to get their, that ZB Commodore up to the Mustang. And whether it can or not is a different question, Tony. You know, whether the Mustang is actually yeah. still that much better, but it won't be for lack of trying from Triple Eight, that's for sure. No, no, exactly right. Uh, some interesting news coming out a couple of days ago in uh, Fairfax newspapers in regards to Sandown Racecourse and the Melbourne Racing Club effectively saying, well, even though it's been slated as a new suburb and the city of Dandenong seem to have plans, we don't necessarily have given it the thumbs up uh, of a sale of this uh, of this venue anytime soon. So that could be a bit of a lifeline for supercars at, uh, at Sandown for a few more years yet. Yeah, look, I think the uh, the contract runs till 2021, if I'm right, and I'm sure that someone will pick us up if we're not. Um, it is a, it is a rolling contract that they seem to have to go into bat every now and again. But the interesting thing was in the article uh, in the Fairfax media that it didn't mention motorsport at all. It only talked about the 35 uh, horse racing um, events held at Sandown. Correct. It didn't mention any of the driver training that happens five days a week out there and the resource that it's used for. I mean, there is... There is something happening at Sandown pretty well every day of the week. Um, so it was very much horse racing focused. Uh, but it did say, which is the worrying thing, Tony, that it was the Melbourne Planning Authority that had actually slated a new, yes. quote, suburb uh, at Sandown. Um, but the MRC said that anything that would happen would have to be a vote for their members. But the fact that the, go- the a government authority, which is, I, I would suggest, over and above the Springvale Council um, uh, precinct, the fact that a government department is now involved suggests to me that planning is a bit further than, than we think, and it's. Uh, I think it's it's inevitable that circuit that we're going to lose that circuit. But uh, I guess every net for every race meeting we go to now in the future, we have to enjoy it, and um, and, and you know hopefully 
the uh, the groundswell could be there, but I, I think it is in its death knell, Tony, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, look, I think you're right, and uh, we all thought it was going to be sooner rather than later, but I, I couldn't see it lasting any more than... Four to five years, if if it goes. I think that's right. Yeah, if yeah, it goes another year or two, I think we'd be lucky after the current contract. But that yeah, land is yeah. too valuable to uh, to the Melbourne Racing Club not to sell it. Absolutely, and it's also you know I I think, uh, and I'm not suggesting for a moment this is known, but but now we're seeing changes to calendars where the Sandown 500 is not the first endurance race. Um, Bathurst the first one, then the Gold Coast, then Sandown, and, and, and it's being slated with yes, it's the weather and all the other things gets away from the football finals and everything. But I can't help thinking that perhaps this is the precursor to how Supercars runs its endurance series yeah. and what event slots in uh, at a time when um, the Sandown facility is not available. So it's sort of unfortunately it's starting to emerge that this is probably yeah you're, you're right if we if we get to you know 2022 2023 i think we should be celebrating because you know it's, i can't see that it's going to go much further than that no exactly right now, clarification this week from milwaukee racing boss phil mundy in regards to uh will davison's contract and i can't believe that uh we were questioning will davison's contract because if it wasn't for another year which has been clarified uh, I would have thought that Phil Mundy would have jumped on and signed him by now anyway because he has been driving in, I'm not going to say career best form, but definitely best form of the last five to six, seven years. Yeah, I think they might have got caught out a bit here, Tony. The, the, the question was asked of Will, and, and, and I think he was saying, well, you know, I'll drive as long as Phil wants me. And, of course, um, you know, perhaps someone got a sniff at saying, or perhaps there's something on the wind. Um you know, he he has settled in there brilliantly, and uh, I've spoken to Phil on a number of occasions, and th- that's a very happy team. Uh, Will's doing a great job. They have formed a, a fantastic relationship. Uh, the car's now prepared at Tickford. They've got a they've got a great weapon underneath yeah. Will. So, um, look, I, I think as long as Phil's going to run this program, and as long as this, you know they've got the commercial support and and the funds to run this team, I mean, there's no way in the world that he'd be saying, "Well, I'm, I'm going to start looking for." Um, driver number two because I'm going to spit Will Davidson out. I mean, it just makes no sense. I agree with you. He's, he is driving well. He, he, the, the thing that always strikes me at Will Davidson is if he's in a happy place, he drives really, really well. If he's in a politically charged atmosphere, sometimes it, it you know perhaps doesn't he doesn't perform as well. But he's in a happy place at the moment and he's driving very, very well. Yeah, no, he certainly is. There's no doubting that. Uh, anything else we need to know about? Supercars, Kelly. A bit of talk no, about think, techno. I've, I've heard that's sort of bubbling along, know. isn't it? I don't know what the techno server is. I, I, I guess we'll find out at Winton. But uh, no, there's, um, you know, the, I think there's uh, Brad Jones guys. We're doing some testing this week. Um, Winton throws up a lot of curveballs. Always, uh, it throws up weather. You know, we, we insist on having this in, in the middle of May or June or whenever they, they put it on. This year, it's, uh, it's late May. Um, Queensland teams love it because they're all standing around freezing. Um, no running on, fri- on on the Friday, Tony. Very interesting program. Only support racing on the Friday, yeah. practising. And we go to a true two-day meeting for the supercars. Um, uh, again, there's been a lot of people saying it's not fair. I can get money's worth I think on-track entertainment, Saturday and Sunday will become absolutely worth every dollar of it because you'll get everything happening in the two Correct. days. The Friday one, yes, I think... You're in front of 2,000 people. I think this is the way of the future for these, what they call the super sprint rounds, is to, yes, put a full program on, give people the opportunity to come on on Friday and see 
other categories and showcase them, maybe get a bit more promotion for them. But the, the two-day event for the supercars in the super sprint, to me, is just makes a lot of sense. It, it, it is it is marginally cost-saving. I know that everyone talks probably not much because you've got to move the team down there anyway. You might get down a day early. Yes, you've got some hotel bills and things. But it's not huge. But that over four or five rounds out of the 14 rounds, it will make a difference. And uh, I think it also puts a hell of a challenge to the teams that, you know, they don't have a luxury if something happens on a Friday. They've got overnight to fix it. They're on it from from Saturday morning. They've got a lot of on-track time Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so from the team, you know, the total team perspective, including the driver, it makes it a really fascinating event. And hopefully, you know, we might see a few... Uh, a few strange results come out of it. Yep, fingers crossed. Uh, let's hope that we do. And uh, we saw uh, that true two-day event at Sydney Motorsport Park last year for the night race uh, there, and yeah, it was spectacular. Yeah. There's no doubt. It was action-packed. Yeah, there was something really well. happening all the time, and that's, uh, I yep. think, what the fans definitely and that want. Was a pretty, that was a pretty loose, uh, or pretty light, I should say. Uh, no, no, it was loose program. too, this, don't this worry. Is, this is, yeah, this is not. This is full. So uh, I think there's you know, great entertainment, and... Uh, you know, Friday at Winton, yes, I know some schools get down there and the local people love going down there. The drivers will still all be there. You know, there's still autographs to be had and there's still things to see. You just won't see those cars on track. But we've got uh, the other uh, supercar categories on track anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a good move, smart move, I think. Turn our attention to what happened in the Spanish Grand Prix for the Formula Ones. And I think the race lasted for all of about 120 metres. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> it's a funny place, isn't it, at, at Barcelona? It's a track that... Every driver, be be Lewis Hamilton or Antonio Giovinazzi, who's who you know from the most experienced to the least experienced, have done so many laps at because that's all their testing is done there in the winter, and they'll go back there and do a mid-year test as well, which I believe is happening. There is some testing here this week. Um, yeah, well, there's two things for mine that have come out of it, Tony, that really are interesting. I mean, Ferrari effectively have made a statement through team boss Matteo Binotto. It basically said he doesn't think the car's up to it, oh, um, which I, I just found an extraordinary commentary. Um, uh, he's, he's quoted as saying, we're losing a lot in each corner, not only last sector, each single corner we are slow. Uh, there's quite a lot of understeer. It's not only downforce, it's more than that. There's something really so he's basically saying that the car is, is really perhaps not what they thought it was. The fascinating thing was, is this, is the, this is the track that in winter testing, where the Ferrari came out and... Everyone was saying, wow, have they got it right this year? But as Mark Hughes commented from his uh, his excellent uh, commentary on Grand Prix racing, he said the track is so different between a cold February and, and, yeah. a, and a moving into summer um, May. The whole thing is different. You may as well get a different track. Uh, but there's no questioning that, that the Mercedes guys are so far in front now. Interestingly, uh, Tony, that... The, it, in fact, it was the Red Bull who was actually the third best car there, beating both the Ferraris home, which Correct. was a surprise, uh, given that you know it is it is a chassis circuit, which I suppose plays in Red Bull's hands. But what I couldn't believe with Ferrari during the race was, on two occasions, they had both their drivers effectively fighting each other, whilst Verstappen was driving away in the distance. Yeah. Um, it, it just seemed that the strategy wasn't working. It seemed that the you know, they should have let Leclerc clear Vettel the first time and vice versa the second time, not race each other for three laps. Leclerc was blocking him down the main straight. You know, it's insanity when you're on a different strategy. If you're on the same tyre and the team says race, sure, that's fine. 
but they were trying to get up to a podium and they were they were they were really effectively taking yeah. each other out of the race and in fact they did in the end and it looks bad um, dale it does look it bad it really yeah. looks bad it does look bad, does look bad. the uh, other couple of points for mine out of it uh, tony though yeah. that uh has i thought really really look like now the fourth best team they've been the um, surprise packet of the year so far yeah, really strong. Uh, Magnuson's a great little racer. Grosjean managed to get through a race in Spain and didn't throw it at the scenery, so I guess that's a huge <laughs> plus for him. But they do look now like uh, the fourth best team. Yeah. They clearly, uh, uh, you know, they're fast. The car looks looks well balanced, and they're on qualifying and practice times. They were, you know, they really were just behind the the Red Bulls. And unfortunately, I can't say the same for our. Uh, our, our uh, Renault team, um, you know, really, yeah, Dan got got into tenth place, but really, it probably wasn't a tenth place car. He punched it pretty hard, but he had to take that three grid uh, penalty. Yeah, um, Hulkenberg had a shocker when he when he had wing damage and had to start from pit lane. But um, he he really he struggled uh, with signs to get past him early on. He did get past him, then he dropped back behind him after the pit stop and simply could not get past him. Now, that's the other Renault-powered car. In fact, the best Renault-powered car. We didn't see any benefits of, a, uh, of an upgrade, did we? N- not at all. Not, no. not, on the, not on the Renault at all. So uh, strategy, again, yeah, I don't know, maybe a little bit wrong, maybe wrong tonight choice, but, but to, to pound around in 12th place and really not look like he was going to get into the points, um, like he did in Baku. You know, he was clearly, he was going to get into the points there because he was racing and the car was performing, but... But I've got to say, at at at, um, in, at at Barcelona, the car just looked like an average midfield runner. Yeah. Um, Hulkenberg caught him. Uh, they swapped places a couple of times, and and they were battling for 12th and 13th positions. So, um, you know, really, you'd have to say, Haas definitely are on the improved. Uh, McLaren a bit unlucky with Norris and, and Strong. Funny old accident, but that you know that happens, and probably the safety car was the winner there because it made a little bit of a race out of the rest of it. Um, they look pretty good, and Toro Rosso look pretty good. Um, Kvyat did an outstanding job last weekend. It's someone that I think everyone was questioning his return. And of the rest, um, really, I think you've got Renault, um, Alfa Romeo, Racing Point, all sort of struggling down in, in that lower midfield. Now, it's not the midfield. It's like the back of the midfield. And, yeah. and I, it must be just so disheartening for Ricardo. To, to pound around and, and the best they can get out of his 12th place. Well, Just interestingly, the, the point score, though, is, is really now what's what's happening. I mean, Hamilton and, and Bottas still within reach of over 112 to Hamilton, 105 to Bottas. But Verstappen now moves into third place in the championship. Yeah, amazing. He's in front of Vettel and Leclerc. So, um, and, and Gasly now getting a few points up to sixth. So, um it, it, it really is now looking like, uh, you know, if the Staffing can keep it going, yeah, look, he, he, he could possibly challenge for third place. But he's got a battle on his hands with the Ferraris now, which I think, from Red Bull's point of view, they must be delighted about. A final one for you, Dale, and you mentioned there that Daniel must be extremely frustrated with what's happening at Renault. Did he honestly expect anything different, though, this year? I, uh, I, I'm sure no, we didn't. I, I don't know not. how he could have. But I think in a, in a number of cases... I mean, he's, he's he's already said over the weekend that I think some of the some of the strategy decisions that are taking place, some of the actual way they're going about their racing, remembering he's come from a team that went from that that, that went about their racing in an absolutely very 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 high level. Not I'm suggesting Renault aren't a great team, but 
I think he's he's probably feeling that there are some decisions being made that could actually get us get him a little bit further up the grid. I don't think for a minute he's thinking he's challenging for a podium. I don't think there's any in the way of world, but you know, I, I think he'd be a bit disappointed where they are struggling to get into the points. Um, you know, I, I reckon bottom of the top ten was something that they would have all thought would be quite achievable. Yeah, but they're not there at the moment. Now, you know, Monaco um, could turn it all around, couldn't it? You know, who knows what what happens there? You know, some of these tracks we're going to now might suit it. Um, but I think there is a lot of work to do. And as you said quite correctly, whatever they bought to uh, to, to Spain as upgrades on that car did little or, or nothing to assist his performance. So, yeah, look, he'd be frustrated because he's a racer. Um, yeah, did he correct. expect more? No, he didn't expect to win. But I think he expected to be better than 12th in the championship with six points at the moment, yeah. Mm. All right, well, we'll see how that turns out for Daniel over the next uh few weeks. Hey, mate, thank you again, Dal. Really appreciate your time as Pleasure, always. Tony. Look forward to a big uh, preview of Winton next week. Uh, Quails, you'll yeah, probably... Yeah, I think it'll be a ripper. Yeah, rejoin us and we'll also wrap up by what happens in TCR on the weekend as well. Thanks, mate. Good, Tony. All the best. Dal Rogers joining us here on The Grid. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com Well, that wraps up another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us again. Big show coming up next week. We'll wrap up the Shannons and look forward to a big weekend at Winton. We'll catch you then.